I'm Gab, he's Jules. Cloudy skies over West London. Jules, this is it. Transfer deadline day Ooh. coming up. We're, we're, we're at some housekeeping. Yeah. We're taping the show Thursday morning. The window closes in a few hours. Deals are evolving. We're, gonna, we're only going to try to talk about stuff that's yeah. done or just about done. We don't want to confuse anybody. But we have a ton of football to talk about first. Of course. Because we've had so much going on. We've had midweek rounds yeah. in, in the Premier League. Holland's hat trick. Liverpool's last minute winner um, in Serie A as well. Roma. Jose Mourinho, top, top of, the, of table. the table. How about that? Who's special now, huh? Yeah. But let's start with Chelsea because I don't think... There's a team, there's a club that's been, that's gone through so much off the pitch in the last three, four months. So much going on uh, this summer with spending Wesley Fofana mm-hmm. now on board. Um, and they lose. They lose to Southampton. Um, and Thomas Tuchel is grumpy, said that we're soft, blah, blah, blah. All right. I think we said this before, but I just want to reinforce this. He has many mitigating circumstances, which make yeah. his job harder. But he's not helping right now. It's like he's making everybody more nervous, more wound up, less calm. Are you surprised? I am not surprised in a way because I think we saw this coming through preseason where there were some really poor performances. But you can put down the fact that it's preseason. They work hard on the fitness, etc., etc. But already they were... The fact that the squad was evolving so much, especially towards arrival players, but also leaving players, departures, that you knew they were not going to be ready for the first day of the season. That's why I was worried. I said I was worried about them. I got a bit of abuse, but I also said they, I didn't think they would finish top four because of the sort of instability in a way. Then I was reassured against Spurs. Again, they should have won and, and won easily, but they drew. And since then, they went backwards. All the good things that we saw against Spurs, and yeah, maybe the injuries... Players like Conte, players like um, like Rich James, who missed obviously, the game with Southampton. He's not injured, he was ill, but still, that's not helping. And he's short on players, he said. The squad is short, too short. But I agree with you. I don't think he's helping himself by his comments, by his own nervosity. And he's so nervous that I think he gets to the players as well, into the dressing room and to the club. But right now, I'm back from being worried now, like I was before the start of the season. Uh, he was, you talked about how, how, how nervous he is, how he just looks, he looks like a bundle of nerves. On the and edge. Even when he's calm and relaxed, he still looks nervy. And part of it, I think, has to do with his body language, with, mm. with the way he looks. I, I'm curious about this game, though, because against Southampton, um, just, okay, the lineup he chose with with the back four, with, with sticking with this Sterling um Havertz up front, even though Broja came on, he was fit. Yeah. I I don't quite I playing Hakim Ziyech, which struck me as odd. I mean, I think Ziyech is a great player, and I think there is a role. If the if the manager sees him as part of his plans, there's a role for him. Just like as there, there's a role for Polisic. But I don't understand this this chopping, changing, shuffling. Uh no. some of it is for, some of it is not. Yeah, completely. I mean, I don't know why you don't play with your back three like so far this season with Loftus-Cheek as a as a kind of a right wing back, if you want. And then you can put Kovacic, who was on the bench, who came on at halftime, that could easily maybe have started the game in midfield with Jorginho. I think there's, I think he's still looking for... Chile as well. Chile yeah. came on. I mean, Ben Chilwell, I, you spent a lot of money on him. I, is he not fully fit? Is he not match fit? I, mean, I don't what... know. I think there were far many more options 
or better options than what he did with that back four and going with kind of a 4-3-3 formation, but sometimes quite hybrid with a, almost a 4-4-2 that didn't really make sense. However, they were still in control of the game. Once they took the lead, they, they looked the better side. And then so easily they were undone. So easily they lost the control of that game that you're thinking, hang on. What are all those experienced players on the pitch doing? What is Tuchel doing to stop losing that control? A word on the transfers, because they've been linked with so many players. Obviously, Fofana is on board. We're going to talk about it more in, in, on the Gavin Jules podcast, what he can bring and, and sort of the way he got out of, of Leicester. But what the concern for me is that here we are in the last 24, 48 hours. They're, they're linked with, 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 with Aubameyang. They're linked with whatever it is. They're linked with another striker. Yeah. Edson Alvarez has kind of popped up out of nowhere as well. Um, why? Why hasn't there, there been more direction? Because Todd Bowley has shown that he's not, he's not afraid to spend money, but it yeah. just seems that this stuff is all taking. So is it just the lack of a specialist? I'm going to say this a million times. Yeah, I think the lack so. of Marina, the lack yeah. of, of, of a specialist sporting director. Even though Peter Cech might not be Monchi, but somebody whose job it is to actually do yeah. these things. Yeah, I think there was a lack of organization. And I think Todd Brady's tried his, his best and his hardest, but you can't do everything either. And I think he's showing you how kind of a hectic he all was. Yeah, I think Fofana is a really good signing for them, even if they're overpaid. I think Cucurella as well, even if they're overpaid. But overall, you had that feeling all summer that nothing was under control. Thomas Tuchel suggested that his team were a little bit soft, a little bit lackadaisical. First of all, it's not something that we often hear from from coaches. Um, I know sometimes he said, you know, we weren't up to it. You know, they normally turn around. They said they talk about they say like we lack intensity, perhaps or whatever. Um, but to use these terms, I, I, I think that's it's kind of a big deal. It's not something yeah. we're used from him. Is he is he that wound up? And first, first of all, yeah, is he is he right? I think, or is this all just another way to give people ammunition to go and criticize poor Georgie because in the midfield he didn't? Everybody was watching. No, but I don't know. You can't lose that tackle. I mean, yeah, you can. I mean, yeah, I don't know if maybe soft is the wrong words. I think there were cheap goals to concede. Really, I think there's a lot of mistakes made from Lavia's goal to the Armstrong goal as well. Uh, All around the pitch, I think there's a lack of effort. Definitely, there's a lack of tracking back for some players. There's a lack of of awareness from others and then maybe yeah maybe maybe they will be soft but again I, I I think about the game and I think about the goals I don't know where you're soft soft is like you know you, you don't win three challenges in a row and then it's too easy for but I, I don't even think yeah. that's the case so I don't know I don't think soft is the right word but I think you can be frustrated defensively they were not good against Leeds away they were not good again against but South it's also South. down to the midfield because yeah you know on on some of those goals I I know Koulibaly hasn't necessarily been great, but I don't hold him as responsible as, for example, you know, Loftus-Cheek not tracking back. And and this is what I don't understand. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, your, your place in the Chelsea eleven is not assured, right? No. In fact, I, I look at this team, and other than Sterling and Mount, because he's Mason Mount, and Thiago Silva when fit and when he's not taking his, his breaks, there aren't that many other players whose place in this team is assured. Koulibaly. So, and, and Koulibaly, yeah. So I would have thought, man, you all have something to prove. And Mason Mount, by the way, the way he's been playing, you know, he needs to kick it up a notch. Otherwise, he could move into that kind of, you know, not automatic choice category. I don't understand. Isn't the whole point of, of having a bigger squad, having more options, about generating that competition? Yeah. 
But then again, we go back to what Tuchel said before the game, where he basically said there's no competition in this squad because too many players are out. And clearly the other players, which I wouldn't have liked if I was one of the other players, like a Pulisic, for example, don't give me anything for the competition. So this is the team I have to play, kind of, which again, even before the match, I thought his communication was completely wrong, like after the game. But... Yeah, I think he's done to the it's done to the manager. I I do think that Jorginho cannot play in midfield like this on his own with Mount and Loftusik on each side of him because I don't think he works. I don't think they work hard enough defensively. I think they can they can run a lot and be very active, but right. defensively they're not they're not switched on enough. And that's why I think a Kovacic, Conte, or they need so badly another midfielder, defensive midfielder, defensive minded midfielder, because otherwise too often they will be left exposed like we saw against Southampton, who are not very good. This is the thing. Southampton well, are not very good at all. Do they definitely need another defensive midfielder? Or 100%. if you move to a back three, does the situation kind of resolve itself? Because I'm thinking if you're going to spend serious money on a defensive midfielder, um, then you go back to the point that, you know, you have Jorginho, you have Kovacic, Conte will be back uh, at, at some point. You have Loftus-Cheek, uh, Connor Gallagher, Assuming he doesn't leave in the next yeah. hours. Is, you, you know what I mean? Like, you've got a lot of bodies there I still for not many places on the pitch. No, I know. And then this, know. this gets me back to, to the squad construction. You know, you like Kuku. I, I, I agree with you. I don't understand the point of playing a back four in a game like this. Presumably, sense. with Wesley on board now, yeah. your idea is to play a back three most games, right? Yeah. You, you would have thought? Yeah, and put back Rich James in his best position, which is the right wing back one. And if you can't have Reese James there for that game, like you said, play Loftus cheek there. Yeah. Um, that struck me. That struck me as odd. I, to me, when you start calling out your players like this, when you start complaining about the size of the squad, when you know everybody can count, right? So you're basically saying is all these these young players that Chelsea have, who you know Billy Gilmore will by the time you listen to this may have already gone or will probably have gone. I, you're kind of sending a message that, you know. We don't have, I don't have faith in these. I, I, I need to go and buy more players. Yeah. That's not a good situation to be in, I think, in general, when you've built your reputation as a manager who's, you know, he says he's got a good reputation working with younger players. Mm. And for, for have a Chelsea manager after everything that they spent in the last couple of windows and this one, yeah. going and complaining about his incomplete squad, Completely. not a good look. Not a good look. Koulibaly, Kukurela, Sterling. And for Fana, I'm sorry, but even if you put aside how much they've cost you, because you overpaid for some of them, okay, I get it. But th those four players are, well, maybe Kukurela, you put aside, but Koulibaly, Sterling and Fofana, I mean, come on. This, right. is, this is outstanding recruitment, really. Yeah, it was completely hectic. Yeah, maybe you needed also in other positions. That's right. But you can't complain about Kukurela, uh, Koulibaly, Sterling and, and Fofana, I think. And yet he's still complaining. Where he's very lucky, by the way, because we, again, this is a pattern and we said it a bit at the end of last season when they were not playing well, you know, when they went off the ball, he had problems in his private life, etc. But we said the pattern has been seen before, both at Dortmund and in Paris. And he has to be very careful. I think what is helping him massively is that his boss as in the owner of the football club, is also the sporting director. Otherwise, I can guarantee you, if Gab Marcotti was the sporting director at Chelsea now and not Todd Brayley, 
he would have a go at you. Like he had a go at Leonardo before, like he had a go at other people before saying, I'm not happy what they're doing. I want this player or that player. Now he can't say anything because Todd Brady is doing that job. So it would mean like basically saying to the owner, you're rubbish. <laughs> so he can't do that. But I think he has to be very careful and they're starting talking to him about an extension. And I think we both love him since his mind's days. And I think he's, he's amazing. I'm just saying, again, he has to be very careful yeah. in what he says publicly and also the results and the way they play on the pitch. I, as you know, I'm one of the original Tuchelistas. Of course you are. But he needs to be managed, I think. I, I don't know, maybe he'll need an international break or something. Just take a step back. Look at what's going on. Um, I'd love to also get answers to questions like, okay, you get rid of Lukaku, you know, Broja, you're not super wild on you. You may be getting another striker, but... Yeah. This Raheem Sterling through the middle, is this the time to try this experiment? I know he's played there before, years ago, on and off, but it's a very different animal doing it at Manchester City. I He he, he got on the end of chances, no argument there. He might have even had a hat trick in the yeah, first yeah, 25 yeah. minutes. But equally, it is kind of destabilizing, isn't it? I mean, are you asking Raheem Sterling to do what Timo Werner should have done? And that's your solution to helping Kai Havertz develop as a center forward? Is, is this the thinking? And if I so, mean, why? I mean, well, we, we criticized him before, didn't we, for, to put that front two of Havertz and Sterling because we didn't think he was working. I thought it was interesting to see that Havertz moved a little bit more on the left-hand side and I think there was more freedom for Sterling as a, as a, as a lone center forward, if you want, because I think he can then run into the channels. He's got more freedom. There's not always someone next to him right. that... He needs to be careful. Okay, if he drops, I go. If I drop, he has to go. That, that kind of stuff. If if you play Sterling as, on his own up front, play him on his own. Don't play Harvest with him. But then I don't think Harvest's position is on the left-hand side either, even if he can come inside. So again, we go back to the drawing board. This is not working. We saw that at Southampton. It worked in patches, but it doesn't work on a full 90 minutes. No. And this is not good enough. Anyway, so push Sterling if you want, but then you have to put the people around him that fits, that cool. fits the system. The other element to this is I'm assuming he's going to, if you are going to think in terms of a front three, you're kind of back to square one. Because unless you want to put Sterling wide two and, and have your new set yeah. forward or Brozier or whatever through the middle, that means playing 3-4-3. Three, three. Exactly. And then what did you do with Mason Mount? Do you put Mason Mount in the two? And if you put Mason Mount in the two... You kind of have to put him with Kovacic. If you put yeah, Mount and Jorginho, work. you're going to get overrun. Yeah, I. It's all these things. All the. It's, it's like bad Tetris. These these pieces don't seem no, to you're right. to fit together. And I have faith in Tuchel that he's got some brilliant idea that we haven't seen yet. But so far, I mean, it's end. Other than the Spurs game, we have not seen Chelsea no. play well this season. They've been so poor. And of course, they have a big London derby at the weekend against West Ham, who you know certainly put in a shift yeah, to say the least against points. Spurs exactly. and you know they're not a good they're not a bad team so no definitely not that's going to be huge on Saturday uh I want to touch upon Wesley Fofana because obviously it was a long protracted transfer with Leicester yeah. and I think you know in the end Leicester played it correctly they got as much as they could for him this is a guy who he absolutely loved when he came to England yeah and he suffered that really bad injury He put out a statement saying, look, I didn't talk at all during this whole transfer saga. Um, and I was basically, you know, rubbished by Brendan Rodgers and by the club. Is this just something natural that has to happen for transfer? We saw with Lewandowski. Mm. Is this kind of like Lewandowski writ small? Yeah, I mean, 
he did what he did before, I think, when he moved from Saint-Etienne to Leicester, which was also a difficult one that he pushed for, he was not happy. For example, removing from his Twitter bio or Instagram bio, whatever, that he played for Saint-Etienne or that he played for Leicester, to make his point, uh, if you want. I think credit for him for not kicking off in the media and saying, like, I want to move, I want to move because of this, this and that. But he did put those little subtle, yeah, passive-aggressive exactly. things. Exactly, yeah. and we knew... We knew exactly what was happening behind the scenes. The fact that, but I've got nothing against the player pushing for a move. He wanted to join Chelsea and only Chelsea. He wanted to work with Tuchel. He grew up watching Thiago Silva on French television because he was 12 when Thiago, 11 going on 12 when Thiago signed for PSG. So now you can train with the guy and play with the guy who's you know, one of the sort of, no, an idol, but someone that you look up to when you were growing up as a centre back going through the ranks at Saint Etienne. So. I can understand why he wanted that move and financially it makes a lot of sense for him too. It's Champions League. If he wants to make the World Cup, he's it's, it's got more chances at Chelsea than at Leicester. So I can understand that. So I, I respect that in a way. I don't know if the statement is a bit too much maybe after. Just don't say anything. You got the move you wanted. He was very grateful to Leicester and to Brendan Rodgers and they've helped him massively and look at where he is now compared to the kid he was when he arrived. But I don't, I don't think really the statement well, was necessary. I'm trying to imagine, I mean, do, do we agree that, and, and Tuchel's difficult to predict, but the thinking is back three, right? No, it has to, no. I mean, right. he can play in the back two, but that means, I guess when you rotate and Thiago back Silva two cannot play. means Fofana, Koulibaly, yeah. and Thiago, because Thiago Silva... But Thiago cannot play every three days no. anyway. And he's, he's played a lot. So he's played already, already, yeah, far and more than... And of course, you've got West Ham this weekend and, Chelsea, and Champions League next week. Exactly. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Thiago Silva takes a breather this weekend. Yeah, because me too. You don't want to... But and Fofana is ready to play. Okay, so on those days when Thiago Silva takes a breather, is the back three Fofana, Koulibaly, uh, and Marco Correa? Yeah, or Shaloba, or Aspilicueta, if you want. But there's a point. I, where... I don't want. I don't want. No. I, let me be very clear. Nothing against Aspilicueta. But you're right. You don't want him there. I, Neither I, I, do I. I. I want him to play as little as he needs to. He's valuable to the club. He's important. But at this stage of his career... And it's the same thing, frankly, for me with with Kukurea. With you know, not a bad player, a good player. He can be useful, kind of a tweener. Brighton had a very specific system that he excelled in. Yeah, yeah. Sure, he can run down, you know, he's technically he's not bad, so he can run down the book. But, but surely these aren't, if Aspilicueta and Kukurea are starting the majority of games, something's gone wrong at Chelsea. Definitely. Right? Definitely. And do we think Chile's back and on the left-hand side. And I think so, but maybe prefer Kukureya right now. And I've got no, nothing. If, if if he sees a training that Kukureya is better than Chilwell, then he starts Kukureya, I've got no problem. I would rather see Kukureya as a, as a third centre-back in a back three than Aspilicueta every single day of the week. I agree with you. Um, but yeah, you, I mean, it's, it's a guess. I, right now, I think it's impossible to predict what Thomas Tuchel is going to do at the weekend, for example and what formation he's going to go for and who's going to start because of the injuries, of course, but also because I think he doesn't even know himself because I think this is all under construction where it should not really be because the four, sign, the four players that you signed, who, as we've been saying, are outstanding signings, should fit in right into what you wanted to do and what you've been doing. And yet it's changing and twisting and tweaking all the times, which doesn't make any sense. Um. We mentioned uh, Alba Meyang again. As we're discussing this, we don't know. There's been a lot of talk. By the time you listen to this, we'll know if he's a Chelsea player or not. But 
something pretty nasty happened to him yeah. on Monday night. Yeah, yeah. He was attacked in his own house, burgled. Uh, they handcuffed him and his wife. They they punched him in the face. They broke his jaw. Uh, it must have been terrifying for for the whole Aubameyang family. The children were in the house. Um, they stole everything they could. They could have stolen. I, I, I guess in this in this kind of incident, you look like okay, it's, it's only uh, they only broke his jaw. Yeah, they stole money, but this is all materials. But it could have been far worse. I guess you don't know what those guys have been capable of doing. But right now, if you're Aubameyang, you want to get out of Barcelona as quick as possible and come back come back to London. I'm amazed that. There's been no agreement found between Chelsea and Barcelona so far for this transfer. I don't know whose fault it is. It might be anyone's. It's just they, they haven't found an agreement. But there's Marcos Alonso in also in the mix. Don't tell me you cannot find an agreement for the sake of five or maybe even ten million pounds to make that deal happen if you really, really wanted him for Chelsea and if you really need the money if you're Barcelona. Well, I think the difficult thing from for, from Barcelona's perspective, and we've talked about this, is that you know as we know to register Jules Koundé, you have yeah. several directors having to put personal guarantees. This weakens your negotiating position, right? Because the other side knows even more so True. that you need to pay. Otherwise, people are going to come, you know, and... Uh, Get your wife's jewelry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and then take the Porta's car. <laughs> um, so I think that could be part of the explanation. There's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. It's very difficult uh, to do. And, and we'll, see in the, uh, we'll see in the next few hours how things pan out. Do you think that we've seen the last of Christian Pulisic? Because... Him leaving the pitch at Southampton without going and capping the the, the the traveling Chelsea fans looked bad. I don't know what the background is really. Um, I just saw it as I was watching the game. Uh, I I can understand his frustration because if you're Christian Pulisic, you're not happy about what Tuchel said the day before the game that we mentioned earlier. There's no competition. No one in that team is giving me a headache to to, to do my team. What's what's going on there? We know he's frustrated. We saw his dad being frustrated. But then get a move if you're not happy. I don't think it's that simple to get a move because he's on big wages. Right, there was no offers. Like, yeah. like with most things, this is always the issue when you're at a top, top club. I, personally, I think Pulisic could come in handy at a number of other top clubs, and I think there would have been scope to, to go into a deal. We don't know, you know the intricacies of it, uh, obviously, you know, because there's, always, there's agents involved, there's other interests, there's buybacks. I think the impression I get, and from what I've been told, is Pulisic was given the impression, um, you know, uh, during preseason, like, okay, Lukaku, no, Sterling's in, but, you know, Lukaku's gone, Ziyech could be on his way out, um, Timo Werner's gone. You know, you have a shot. If you're fit, and obviously fitness has been a thing for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's fit now, and he's trained hard, he's worked hard, you know, he's had some appearances off the bench. But I think he, I, I, I wouldn't blame him for feeling a little bit like, well, if you weren't, if I'm not part of the plans here, if you're going to come out and say everybody's rubbish, you know, all my guys know. on the bench, then why am I here? You know, let me know. And again, yeah, yeah. it may be something where you take a step back and maybe take a pay cut or whatever. Um, I don't think it's going to happen in the next couple hours as we're recording no. this on, on deadline day. Um, so that means he may have to stick around. Maybe you can also turn it into a positive for from a U.S. from a Greg Berhalter perspective. Obviously, yeah. you want guys playing. He'll still get to play. Yeah, he'll still get to play. Just not an NBA starter. You'll still because Chelsea between the Champions League, the you know, you still get minutes on the pitch. But he might be that little bit fresher come the World Cup, and a big World Cup maybe in January could, could change the landscape here. Yeah.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, enough Chelsea. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gav. Arsenal's face top of the league with a 2-1 win over Aston Villa. Jules, they're perfect thus far. Five for five. Are we sleeping on them as potential <laughs> Premier League champions? I think that's a bit early. I mean, the, the people who, who are hating on them saying, well, yeah, they haven't played anyone yet. Okay, I get the point, but you can also only beat what's in front of you anyway. You're not hating on them. You're stating the fact. Yeah, but still, we'll see. On- like, I don't think they play anybody good until the October 1st and the... Uh, and the the, Spur, the North London well, derby. Yeah, they've got United on Sunday. They're yeah, also, no, no, that proves the point. Ah, no, ah, kidding, United fans. They also played, uh, I don't know, Crystal Palace away, for example. Ooh. Two, yeah, but they they took a, they, they 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 got a draw at Liverpool. They were two 0 up at City, so they're not Palace are not bad. No, but okay, yeah, of course, okay. I understand it. But still, what we've seen has been really good from Arsenal. Well, I think session, this was session. a better performance, Jules. This was a really the good first I mean, half was the, outstanding. The game before. Um, you know, we talked about, oh, them. a year ago, they might have lost this game. It yeah. was about resiliency. Now, and you need that. But yeah. this, first 45 minutes, yeah, they I tore them to shreds. Yeah, and the only problem that was, was really not, good. Yeah, the only problem was not to score. But already more, they can consistently play that well instead of just 15, 20 minutes like earlier in the season, like at Crystal Palace, for example. Now they need to be more clinical and be 3 it up after 20 minutes when they're really dominant, like a City or like a, a Liverpool of, of previous seasons. So this is the next step. But so far, so good. And Steven Gerrard made a number of big decisions and they backfired, Gab. Going back to last season, he's gained 12 of a possible 48 points now for Villa. He says he's under pressure. Is he really, Gab? I think he certainly is from the fans. I think he certainly is in terms of the pressure he puts on himself. Yeah. My understanding is the club are pretty committed to him. Um, they want to give him a chance to work his way out of the situation they're in. Obviously, they spent money in the summer. You know, they want to give... They're, they're, they're making all the right noises and saying, mm-hmm. like, no, it's not in or out. I, I do wonder, though, with people like Gerard, you know, he's been so successful as a player. He's made his money. He has a lot of pride. I think a lot of it comes down to the pressure that he puts on himself. Yeah, I, I'm not suggesting he's thinking of walking out, but I always think with that kind of profile of manager, he might say, like, you know, are these my limits? Do I need this? You know, because mm. it's always different when, you know, on the pitch you can control what happens with, as a player. Mm. As a coach, I don't know, Arsene Wenger telling me, you know, all you can do is give people instructions and then you put your faith yeah, in the no, people going on the pitch. That's true. Fabio Carvalho pops up in the... Oh, sorry, we should mention, because I know you like your techers, Douglas Luiz, Olympic goal, two in a row. Is this just a weird kind of footnote of trivia of history? Yeah. Especially the way that goal went. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Fabio Carvalho pops up in the eighth minute of injury time to give Liverpool a dramatic win over Newcastle. Mm. Jules, how big was this, considering that without it, it would have been nine points yeah, back? Yeah, massive. Massive because they didn't play well, and Newcastle looked really good at times. Of course, they did a lot of defending, especially in the second half, but you don't really remember Pope with, with one outstanding save no. or, you know, like saving everything pretty much. They, they got lucky, but maybe they see the, the kind of, like, 
turning point that they needed to get a bit lucky and then get get a win so difficult like that uh, right at the end of 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 at the time when it was given five minutes minimum and that was as you said on the eighth minute Newcastle were not happy but well, I, I was watching this on, uh, on on BT Sport here in England and the commentator actually says well you know Newcastle are gonna you know they're, they're gonna avoid another avoid defeat again or they're gonna stay undefeated and he said this at like it was like 95 minutes and yeah. 30 seconds. And I said, all right, you're probably good, but commentators jinx and boom, exactly. they're happy. Happen. Whoever it is, I feel bad for you. We've all been yeah, there. Exactly. Gab, Jorgen Klopp has said that they could use another midfielder. I bet you feel vindicated because since Gini Wijnaldum left, this is what you've been saying. Yeah, and indications are that Arthur, not the cartoon character, but the nope. uh, close to it, the uh, uh, the Juventus uh, midfielder formerly of Barcelona, is on his way. Uh, it's a loan deal, not not a hundred percent confirmed, but we're very confident that this is that this is happening. Um, I think it's, he's just he's a bit of a body. He's, yeah, Arthur's been for sale. He's been available all summer long. You've been yeah. trying to move him on. I think you look at this. He's he's had a really rough time at Juve. He's a technically gifted player. Mm -hmm. He can maybe do some of the things Thiago does when Thiago's not around. You can use another passer. can shield the ball. I don't think he's necessarily going to fit in in terms of the intensity. I don't yeah, think he's a big part of the plans. But you need another body right now. Yeah, yeah, part. completely. Paris Saint-Germain get back to winning ways with a 3-0 triumph away to Toulouse. Jules Neymar has scored in every game this season with a bit of help uh, of VAR this time, but still. Yeah, he was onside despite the goal being ruled out uh, at, the big, at, at the start of it. If you want one move between Verratti, Neymar, Mbappé and Messi, great triangle. Uh, and it was great. They Toulouse played well. They've got a young team. This is They will learn from it a lot. But it caused a little bit of problem on the counter-attack and Donnarumma had to make a couple of good saves. But then PSG were, were too strong. It's good. They've played some really good stuff with a different team, different formation as well. So well done to them. Roma beat Monza 3-0 and at top of the league in Serie A as Paolo Dybala still is the show. Gab, we need to show some love to Mourinho. We do because he's top of the table. Really? And as I've told you before, they've only conceded one goal yeah. all season, which is pretty... Which is pretty remarkable when you think that the doubts were at the back and like, is you know, is it going to be sustainable? Um, look, Dybala showed that he's back to full fitness. The, the yeah, goal that really he scored, when he runs the length of the yeah. pitch. He's got like a defender hanging off him. He shows strength. The, the second goal, he kind of, he scores the kind of goal that you don't expect Dybala yeah. to score because he kind of throws himself at a loose ball and, you know, takes a whack along the way. Yeah, you can do this for 38 games. You're in with a shot. Yeah. Uh, but Mourinho's, Mourinho's been clever so far. He's been smart so far. And I do think they can actually produce more attacking uh, in terms of attacking potential. Mm. If they can do that, they're in with a shot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're running out of superlatives for Erling Broad Holland. Oh. It's a first half hat trick for him in Manchester City. Six nil demolition of Nottingham Forest. Nine goals in five games, consecutive hat tricks. Fair to say he's living up to the billing, right, Jules? Incredible. Gabby played 69 minutes. He could have had more goals, should have maybe had more goals. I mean, the finishing is impressive, but he even 
gets a bit of luck now that the bo- when the ball bounces off someone or when Foden is through on on Haaland's ball, the, the tackles from from Nico Williams ends up in his path to just tap it in. So he's got everything going his way. He's so strong. He's so confident now. Everything has been clicked clicking for him within the team. The way they put the cross in is for him. They know exactly where he's going to be. It's, it's amazing to yeah. see. Well done. We never doubted it. I cannot believe that some people did in this country. But, hey. And Jan Agafjortov knows who they are. Is exactly. he By the way, he's got two hat-tricks. You know what the record for hat-tricks in the top flight is in a season? So I know that he's already has as many as Hongmin Son and yeah, people like that. Sadio Son. Mane and stuff he's like that. He's got two. He's got two. You know what the record season. is in a season? Uh, three? Nine. Nine. Nine set by the legendary George Campbell in 1925-26 for Middlesbrough. He'll getting he's getting a state he's getting a a statue soon. Yeah. Yeah, that's football began, you know. Exactly. Before Milan ahead to a scoreless draw by Sassuolo and Mike Mignon has to save a penalty uh, in front of Berardi to avoid defeat. Gab reason for concern ahead of the derby this weekend? Uh I think I mean Sassuolo played really well. Uh, I think um a little bit. They weren't they couldn't overwhelm them the way they the way Milan have done in recent games. It's definitely two points dropped. I think their heads were thinking at the derby, thinking ahead to the Champions League. And some rotation as well from Pioli. He changed a few things. But Which is understandable. But I mean, we've been praising them for being so deep and having so many options. I think if you're going to rotate, you can't have it both ways. Sticking with Milan, Serginho Dest is in town with a view towards a loan deal with an option to buy worth up to 20 million. As we record this, the deal's not done, but it looks just about done. Does this make sense to you? I like it. I like it because he's still young. I think he will learn a lot and improve a lot in Serie A, especially defensively, which is the aspect of his game that he needs to work on. Um, You've got Florenzi as your right back. He can easily be better or not a different option. Calabria. Yeah, Calabria, but come on. Calulu. Well, Calulu is just doesn't play in the middle. I know, but I I think as a loan, yeah, you can take it and you you can decide if yeah. you want to buy him or not, if he does well or not. But I think he can he can bring you something that maybe the others don't, going and forward with the ball. Good for Barcelona to get his wages yeah, off the books. definitely, for sure. Red Bull Capital, who already have stakes in Liverpool and Toulouse via the Fenway Sports Group, plus teams in baseball, have completed the takeover of Milan. It's been revealed that the New York Yankees will also get a minority stake. And so will LeBron James and Drake, I think, are also involved somehow. What does this mean, Gab, for, for Milan? Well, it was really there's talk about like all oh, the Yankees, they own a regional, a uh, big regional network in the Northeast called the Yes Network. Oh, look, they'll show Milan games. Well, no, they won't because they already have a deal. Yeah. They can show like, you know, archival games and so on. I get a little bit skeptical about this because, you know, about these synergies across sports where all of a sudden, because remember the Yankees had a, they, well, I think they still do have a deal with Manchester City over, over Yankee Stadium uh, and, and New York City FC. Many years ago, they, they signed this big deal with Manchester United. I think this is like 20 years ago. Right. And then that kind of petered out and turned into anything. Let's see. Yeah. More important is the fact that this deal is completed, that Redbird are in charge. West Ham and Spurs share the spoils at the London Stadium as the packet makes his debut. Yeah. But Jules, Antonio Conte is very grumpy about the penalty that was awarded and then overturned by VAR. Is he right to be? Very grumpy. Uh, I think he's got a point, to be fair, although we clearly saw with the Luca Dean penalty uh, last weekend as well that, that those are not going to be given when you're so close, when the ball ricochets of a part of your body onto your arm. But I can see why he's aggrieved because the referee gave it in the first place. And I... And- Last season, it would have been given and, and maintained. This season, they clearly changed the direction that they're going. And now but I want to be very clear that. on this. I get uncomfortable when, like, the PGMOL, the, in England, they decide to go and do things on their own, separate yeah. from, 
Which so is, what they do. the ricochet to handball thing, yeah. that used to be a thing. There used to be directive yeah. to referees. If there's a ricochet and it hits the hand, then don't give it. Now it's changed to the fact that actually use your discretion. Mm. Um, so there is a level of discretion. Um, I can only assume here that the referee didn't see him hit the head. And then when he saw it, you know, his discretion said, well, this is this then becomes. That's why it was um, good for I'm, him to go and watch it. So it's good for him to see it. But. Yeah. Let's just be clear on this. It doesn't mean that every time there's a ricochet, you can't give no. a penalty, which is what, what I heard some people saying last yeah, night. that's true. Inter rolled to a 3-1 win over Cremonese and stays second in Serie A. No Romelu Lukaku, but Gab Lautaro off the bench. And Barella, well, what a goal he scored. That looking sharp. Barella, tremendous. Wow. Look, this was more of a counter-attacking yeah, thing. Yeah, it first was. Goal. It um, it's a way of playing. I think Simone Inzaghi's got other options, but uh, it was important to get the win, to get the momentum back going. And we'll see. Maybe the little quick guys. I, I don't know if they're going to go with Jekyll or Correa. I assume it's going to be Jekyll in the derby. Um, but already, I think, important that Lautaro is pretty much in, yeah. in mid-season form. And Barella, too. Yeah. Bayern stomp all over Victoria Köln in the German Cup. But how about Matthijs Tell, nah. who at 17 becomes the club's youngest ever goal scorer. Jules is French. He's French. Yeah. He made his debut for Ren last season. I bet you're dying to tell me all about it. Yeah, no, I mean, we said it when he signed. It was um, They paid a lot of money because he was so talented and so promising, making his debut, as you said, in Liga 16. We would have to see. He did some really good things coming on in the Bundesliga. This was against the third division team. It was easy, but the goal he scored was a really good goal. He took him really well, coming coming off the, the left-hand side, inside, and it's a lovely finish. I, I mean, we like him a lot in France. He's been a star for the front youth teams, for example. So good luck to him. But that, that's, I think this is the start that he wanted at the club. That's for sure. Juventus be special 2 nil and Dusan Vlaovic bags another early free kick goal. Gab, he's channeling... Channeling is in a Sinisa Mihailovic. I, I think I prefer this one than the one at the weekend even. Uh, it was good. And look, people look at this and say, oh, how does a big man center forward type like that go and score goals like these? Well, uh, it's funny. Max Allegri, in the inimitable Max Allegri way, he was out there and says like, oh, but you know, it's just practice. I mean, you see this in the NBA all the time. You have these big, goofy centers who can't shoot, but then they sit there and they practice long enough and then they find out they can shoot. I don't okay. think it's just practice. I think there's an element yeah. of talent involved. Definitely. Not the best performance from Juve uh, in not. this game. But again, Miretti keeps getting better and better. Yeah. Olympique Marseille beat Clermont Foot 1-0 in their joint top of Ligue 1. Jules, are they learning to love the Tudor? They are indeed, and I think he was very happy with the performance. It was not perfect again, maybe not even as good as the one at Nice last weekend. But he said if we can play all the time with this kind of intensity that we saw at times in that game, which was enough for Clermont, it'd be perfect. Napoli are held to a 1-1 draw at home by Lecce. Gab, they're not, they're not slowing down, are they? Well, the results are slowing down, obviously. That late goal from Colombo, yeah. But it was a tremendous goal Amazing from Colombo. And look, I'm less concerned when teams create chances. Uh, Napoli had, you know, let's just play it on the counter, which is fair yeah. enough. Uh, Napoli had a ton of chances. Or so many coming chances. close several times. I think they had 17 shots on goal, something like that. I, this is not reason to panic. But in the back of their minds, and I think psychology does come into this a little bit, they think back to all those points that they dropped at home yeah. last season, which really killed their, their title charge. So it's fine for a one-off, but come on, Napoli, this must not become a habit. Scott Parker was sacked as manager of Bournemouth after the Cherries' 9-0 defeat to yeah. Liverpool. Uh, Jules, it wasn't the loss that cost him his job, was it? It was no, it the wasn't. cardigan, you're going to say. Well, that stupid... 
hardboard with the three white stripes on the sleeves that makes no sense whatsoever I, I don't i don't want to make fun of the way people dress for no. obvious reasons however when i found out and it's been reported how much that cardigan cost yeah then all i can think to myself is you are a fashion victim you're not making a statement by dressing different. Maybe he liked it. Julian Nagelsmann. Maybe he liked Remember it. Remember when Julian Nagelsmann wore the ugly coat and stuff? Oh, horrible. Well, whatever. He's expressing himself. You yeah. don't like it. I'm assuming Julian Nagelsmann didn't pay thousands and thousands for his hideous coat. Whereas now we know that apparently Scott Parker has. Yeah. Sorry, that's my digression. Still, yeah, that's your digression. Uh, no, he was psyched as well because of the things that he said, the comments that he made about the lack of reinforcement, transfer strategy, etc. He'd been warned before, he kept doing it. I think there's a point where you can't expect the club not to react when you're slagging off the owners like that and the lack of of backing well, that you should get. When you know that there's not much money, it's not like Nottingham Forest, they couldn't have spent that kind of money. And they still signed some players. It's not like if they did nothing, like Leicester, for example. Yeah, no, they signed Senezi. They, 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 they brought players in. It, it's funny because, you know, let's be fair. Antonio Conte and Jose Mourinho have done stuff like this in the past, right? Yeah, but they are. But Antonio they are Antonio Mourinho. Conte and Jose Mourinho. Exactly. And we, I certainly have slagged them off when I thought they were being unreasonable. This doesn't fit Scott Parker's personality at no. all. And what do you think? You think that by saying that on Monday, all of a sudden they're going to go and start, you know, oh no, Scott Parker's unhappy. He's called us out in public. You think Bournemouth fans are going to gather outside Demon's house and demand signings like used to happen in, in Serie B in the 1980s in Italy? No. No, no, no. But let's see who comes in. Let's see who comes in. Amandiallo has gone on loan to Sunderland from Manchester United. Gav, I guess there was no room from him, our Trafford. I guess not. Um, you know, I still think there's a player in there. He's still very, very, very young. young. Very raw so as well. It's probably the right thing to send him on loan. I do wonder a little, a little bit, because if we just sort of inventory, and I'm doing this on the fly, so correct me if I'm wrong, uh, United sort of forwards, wingery types. We've got Jaden Sancho. We've got Alanga. We've yeah. got Anthony. We've got Rashford. Yeah. We have Martial. And we have that man, Cristiano Ronaldo, for now. Yeah. So that's six. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Is there no room given their commitments for Amadiallo, some some conference, some you know, considering the Europe? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I just wonder if if the whole thing about Ten Hag is helping young players grow. I'm just wondering, maybe training with these guys might actually help them more than than playing in the championship. I don't know. It has worked for other players like James Garner in the championship as well. So. U.S. men's national team uh, international striker Ricardo Pepe has joined Groningen on loan from Augsburg. Jules, there was so much hype after yeah. his record move from Dallas. What was it, like 20 million, something yeah, like that? January. But he hasn't actually scored in 16 appearances for the club. That's got a great on you. So they weren't all starts. He's no. started one game this season. No, no, no. But, it's been but that, that's really got a, got yeah. a grade on you, right? Yeah, it's been tough. And we said it was a, a risky move at the time because Augsburg were fighting against relegation, because the shock into moving from one country to another, the different football, the different culture, all of that was a bit risky. And and I, I think they all recognized the need for him to, to go somewhere else, to keep growing and get his confidence back, maybe the mojo back. I mean, I know you look at Groningen and you think like, really? I, I think the Eredivisie could be good for him to sort of recover that kind of form and, 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 and get confident again. And then he can always go back to the Bundesliga or even maybe go back to MLS. But right now, 
we have to be honest here, the move to Europe has been a, a big failure. Yeah, and I think it's a shame. some people hinted at it as well, that maybe somebody who could have been better off staying there another year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we record this, Cristiano Ronaldo is still a Manchester United player. Gav, the Athletic report that he went to see Ralph Rangnick with some teammates last spring and asked for Harry Maguire to be dropped. He also wanted to play in a front two with Edinson Cavani. Some see this as disrespectful, do you? It's funny because as we read this, of course, you and I had heard this story a few months ago, yes. uh, but obviously we'd heard it on background. Um, I don't have a problem with this. If, you, if, you, if you're determined to go and call Cristiano prima donna, then yes, this is another sledgehammer you can yeah. beat him over the head with. But equally, I also kind of think that I would like to think that you have an open relationship with your boss. And if you are the highest paid player yeah. and one of the leaders of the team and you go there with other teammates, Pogba and Varane were, were supposedly and with him, and, and Bruno as well, and you want to have a conversation with the manager, I expect the manager's door to be open. Always, yeah. Equally, I expect the manager to say, well, Harry Maguire's not here. And if we want to have a conversation, we got with Harry Maguire. I don't know how realistic that is because what Cristiano's going to say, hey, Harry, you need to be better. You're rubbish. You should be dropped. Maguire's going to say, I'm doing the best I can. But what's yeah. he supposed to say? Like, you know. <laughs> but, so, okay, so I don't yeah, know how no. productive, but I, I'd like to think that in a football club, like in this other happens a lot. It's, this is not. Yeah, you have these, you, you know, you have these conversations. Yeah. What was weird about this was I think the Athletic reported that Pogba and Varane later apologized to Rangnick for for kind of being roped into this. That's not very well thought out. You either have the yeah. conversation directly or you at least you discuss it with your posse before you go in to see yeah, the manager. Definitely. Lens beat Lorient 5-2 and they're also part of the threesome Amazing. at the top of Ligue 1. So Some people thought threesomes were passé, but they're still big in yeah, France apparently. Jules, they're averaging nearly three goals a game. Incredible. They're ahead of schedule since coming up, what, two years ago they came up? Uh, yeah, that's their third season in a row now. Incredible. Really, I mean, so good to see them. I mean, Lorient, not very good. Uh, and it was a very open game. But I've said it before, they're so entertaining. But the best bit maybe of the evening was not so much the win. It's a great win. But it's that after the game, on the pitch, their captain, Seko Fofana, the former Udinese midfielder, who's been doing so well for them. Such a great coup to go and get him for 10 million. Uh, like they did, sign his contract extension literally on the pitch. Like they put like a little desk on it, like like the one we're doing the show on. Him with the um, the kind of like CEO of the club, if you want, and the sporting director signing with the shirt. All the stadium was still packed, singing Seko Fofana's name. It was amazing. They've got such an they are such an amazing club with the most some of the best fans in in the world. So well done to them. I just hope that it continues like this. It, it's funny with this because I like this sort of performative stuff. It's a big deal for Lons. You're hanging yeah. on to, to, you know, one of your star players, oh, maybe fan. your most important player. You've tried to do something similar uh, last night with uh, with Paredes when they played Spezia. The, it was their unveiling of, Pare of Paredes. I, I would have thought they would have unveiled him on the pitch. Instead, he was like, it looked like he was like at a desk yes. by himself with nobody close to him. They turn off the lights. They put the they they put the spotlight on him, and he's like waving and going like this. But like, what's he? It looked weird. I don't know. Like it was so. They, yeah. they got to work on the choreography. Yeah, there. they have to for sure. Brand Geek's domestic violence trial has ended uh, with a hung jury. Uh, Gab, what does that mean? Then what's next? I think technically it means that the court has uh, um, or the judge has decided to discharge the jury because they couldn't reach a verdict. Um, he could undergo another trial. He might not. 
the prosecution is going to decide whether mm -hmm. whether you know the, the elements are there. The other the trial is not going to happen until some point in 2023 at the earliest if it does happen. To me, this leaves us with no closure whatsoever because you know he has not been cleared. Yeah, and so he's going to have this hanging over him. Um, I, I always think, you know, if you go to trial, you got to come up with some kind of verdict, then you have an appeal. Yeah, this yeah. to me helps nobody. Doesn't help him, and it doesn't help um, the victim. Yeah. Lucas Ocampos has joined Ajax on loan from Sevilla. Jules, are you surprised they let him go, or did you kind of see it coming? I, I saw it coming. I, I don't think he's been very good in the last 18 months. He's been one of the problems why they haven't scored enough goals, not being creative enough. Um, I'm more surprised, to be honest, Gab, why Ajax went for him to replace Anthony. I, I don't I don't really see, I don't see it. I don't see him fitting in well in what Alfred Schroeder wants to do and, and what Ajax are about. I might be wrong. Uh, Wait, Alfred Schroeder's plan doesn't involve having a guy on the wing putting his head down and just running with the ball <laughs> until he loses it? No? Isn't that what Anthony did for Ajax? Sorry, I'm being well, a bit. Yeah, a bit better Anthony did it, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. But let's, let's prove us wrong, Lucas, please, because otherwise... I don't see it. Sorry. The Times are reporting that the Premier League plan to broadly that the, the Premier League plan to broadly follow sorry UEFA's new financial fair play rules, Gab, albeit with higher spending limits. Does that make sense to you? So the new financial fair play rules, uh, they're pretty complicated. They come into effect next year. Um, people have mostly reported on the fact that there's a limit in terms of, of spending as a percentage of turnover. Mm. Uh, there are other elements to it. I, I'm going to write a, one of those big, complicated uh, explainer Q&As that nobody reads uh, to try to explain it for those of us who are sad and interested in this stuff. I, broadly speaking, I think this does, however, make sense um, because the more the rules are the same around Europe, you know, in terms of conceptually at least, I think the easier it is for, for fans to understand it and the easier it is to make sure that, that they're respected. Yeah. Um, what the Premier League are going to do, though, is they're going to have a higher limit um, and it's right that they have a higher limit because yeah, of course. there's more money. But obviously, when teams play in Europe, they're still going to have to respect the tighter um, UEFA financial fair play rules. But what that does is it helps teams that are not in Europe spend some money to invest mm. to get there. So uh, I think this is you know, a reasonable yeah. uh, decision by the Premier League. Manuel Akanji has undergone a medical at Manchester City. The deal has just been confirmed as we record. Do you like this move, Jules? I like this move because it's, it's cheap. It doesn't cost City much. I think he's a talented player. Is it 17 million? 17 million Have a year euros, left on his contract? Like 25 years old? He's still young. I think he's an elegant, classy player. There's no doubt. I have to say, I was disappointed by his time at, at Borussia Dortmund. I don't think it's only his fault. It was injuries. I think playing with Mads Hummels or with that version of Hummels is not helping anyone. But I thought he was really key. He would, I thought he would kick on. At Dortmund and he would go to the next level and then get a move like this but in a very strong position of okay I'm going to go and I'm going to be a starter in one of the best clubs in the world which is not the case really right now I don't know how much he's going to play but I think he comes as a as a backup really to a Diaz Laporte or um, partnership for example so we will have to see but I think for that amount a bit like the Alvarez deal it's a really good deal for City I, I told you nobody believed me I thought they were a little bit short on numbers yeah. especially at the back uh, just because with, with Laporte's injuries I'm still not on the Stones bandwagon no I'm, okay, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry Aki no, might be good. backup left back so I, I think this makes a lot of sense and yeah. people forget how highly rated he really was at the start of his dormant career yeah. um, you know, after moving there and 
but that place is a zoo. How do you judge yeah, anything exactly. based on the chaos that was going on Completely. there? Super Mario Balotelli has moved to Sion from Adan Demirspor. Gabi scored 18 goals in Turkey last season. Could he have hoped for something maybe better than like mid-table in Switzerland? Probably. He's 32 I mean, years old. Let's remind everyone. He scored 18 goals last season. Yeah, you know, he was really I, good. But I mean, six in one game. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's remind that. He still had up to 18. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him again. I'm going to read what I always say. I hope he finds some serenity. Yeah. Um, you know, there's. I'm assuming he was on pretty important wages, which is why I think the transfer fee was pretty low. It was like four or five million, um, which is, I think, is still a lot of money for Sion, yeah, to yeah, be fair. Yeah. Um, and he's going to be closer to home. I mean, what more can you say about exactly. him? Exactly. The Pogba family feud rumbles on. Jules, what's the latest? Another video from uh, Matthias Pogba, uh, kind of rubbishing what we saw, uh, like what we kind of heard from Paul Pogba before, saying that he's trying to send him to jail or or to kill him or something like that, crazy. We're still waiting for the revelation to happen. They still haven't happened yet. Uh, and we saw Pogba at the Juventus Spezia game with Paredes in the stand being pretty happy. It doesn't look like there was a huge cloud over him or uh, that he was, he was particularly, particularly sorry, worried about the whole situation. I don't know. Let's, I'm waiting for the, for the revelations now. This is really the thing because the investigation is going on. But as we've been saying before, there, there's not really much into it. There's a few details coming out. Like Pogba said, he used a witchcraft but to protect him against injuries, which, by the way, he lost his money because he wasted his money because <laughs> that clearly didn't work. Nothing to do with Mbappe. That he sort of paid off a few of the guys he grew up with um, who was kind of holding for ransom, but not as much as the 30 million that they want, but he still paid them 100,000 euros. Those kind of details. But again, we still have to wait for what Matthias Pogba really want to prove and show with, with the revelation that he, he mentioned that he would do. It's also weird because he... He puts up the video on Saturday, and now it's Thursday, and he says, like, oh, next week you'll find out, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. it's Thursday, and I was like, all right, we're still waiting. I know, exactly. do, do we know where the other Pogba, which side Florence no, still is not, on? still nothing. So I suspect he would be with Paul. Otherwise, he would have backup Matthias, I guess. They're twin brothers, yeah, right? Yeah, But they don't look, the, they're, they're fraternal twins. They don't look the same. They look, they, they look the same. You they look the same. Could it be that one Pogba between is impersonating the other oh twin with the second God. and it's a different Pogba twin? Oh my God. No? James Garner has joined Everton for £15 million, but there's a buyback clause uh, gap. Does that make sense to you? It's a good idea from United. It was reported initially. Now they're saying there is no buyback clause. I, I'll say this very simply. If there is no buyback clause, this is a stupid move for yeah. Manchester United. He's not a, you know, he showed his worth. He's still very young. He showed his worth in uh, for Forrest uh, in the championship last season. I would have thought somebody with that pedigree would be worth more than 50 million. Contract ends in 2024. I don't see why you couldn't work some sort yeah, of buyback in there. What happens if this guy turns into the next Paul Scholes and then you have to buy him back for like 60 million? Even if you put a buyback in at 25 or 30 yeah, million, yeah. everybody's happy. Right? It's not like Everton are going to say, no, then we won't take him. You know? So it seems an odd one. I, I, I hope he does well. I hope he yeah, does well. Because last season he showed he can play. Jules, I'm reliably informed that in your playing days, you yeah. used, to, used, to, used to practice uh, free I kicks against that, that wall of mannequins they put out there. I, right. I was never allowed to practice free kicks <laughs> against the mannequins because I might damage them. Um, but we've seen advances in technology. You see this video of Real Madrid, and they're making it seem like it's the greatest technological advancement. They're practicing free kicks against this row of mannequins, and then somebody pushes a button, and the mannequins, I don't know, there's like a spring. They all push up. I, like if they were jumping in the water. As if they were jumping? Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty high 
not it's, really high tech. Is it, it is high tech because it's a bit different. It's new. Um, <laughs> you know, it comes from France. So suddenly there's a company in France that is doing oh, this. Oh, so it's got to be good then. Of course well. it has. Uh, Dimitri Payet, for example, trains um, pretty much every day with something similar. Um, I, I don't know. I would want to believe that it's better than just mannequin who don't move. It's better to have people like who tend to jump, I guess. Or you could I just mean, have taller mannequins, or, or taller mannequin, I guess. So, but let's see, let's see, let's see during the season how many goals on direct, that direct free kick that Modric and Benzema uh, and Vinicius or all the others, Cruz. Or maybe just hire Juninho Pernambucano and he teaches okay, you how yeah, to do it. That's very true. That's a good idea. David Beckham has released a video touting the joys of visiting Qatar and how the Doha Spice Market is his favorite in the world. Gab, predictably, he's getting some stick. Yeah, I need to update my ranking. Of, and me uh, too. What's your favorite market? Um, <laughs> like, it's easy to make fun of this. And I think some of it's right. He's getting paid a ton of money to do this. Yeah. A lot of people are uncomfortable with this because you know, David Beckham, for example, you know, 20 years ago when LGBTQ rights weren't such a big issue uh, as they are now, weren't as generally accepted. When he was a player, you know, he he was on the cover of of, of an LGBTQ LGBTQT magazine. Yeah. Well, you know, we're going with this, right? Yeah, yeah, he's been yeah, an advocate. Yeah. advocate for it. Yeah. So people are asking questions about this. You know, he's being paid to a ton of money to be kind of a spokesman and so on, but he's not fielding questions about the difficult issues. Personally, I mean, we know a little bit, we both know Dave Beckham a little bit. He's not somebody who's comfortable talking about, talking in general, yeah. actually. Um, but I think you have to address these if you're going to be a credible ambassador yeah. for, for, for Qatar. And this is one of the difficulties. If you speak to people in Qatar who are involved with it, they will give you answers. They may not be satisfying answers yeah. and you don't have to agree with them, but so to hire somebody as a spokesperson who's just going to do this, I don't know. Is this credible? No, Who are you talking no, to? I see what you mean. I agree with you. All right. And that brings us to an end. But Jules, oh, we got to come back on Monday because oh, there's so much this weekend. weekend. The Milan Derby, the Derby della Madonnina. My yeah. goodness. I can't wait. And of course, Arsenal and United, pretty tasty. Of course, yeah. And we'll also have, uh, we'll also reflect on the end of the transfer window and deadline day. Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 